This is Morgan Davis and I'm a counselor at Seoul International School. Here on SIS Community Cast, we are interviewing students who are making a positive contribution in our community through their work in organizations, clubs, or volunteer programs. In coordination with our producer, Jennifer Shin, we hope these conversations will inspire others and provide a positive platform for young people to feel empowered to make change. In today's episode, I'm joined by executive members of the publication Humanité, Brian Kim, Amy Choi, Rachel Yoon, and Ji-Hoon Kim, who are students at SIS and contributing members of the magazine. So Brian, talk to me a little bit about Humanité. Why was it created? How is it structured? What is your ultimate goal with the publication? Humanité is a literary magazine I founded because I believe that it would enable students to present information or express their own opinions on social issues through different means, um, whether it be through writing, um, op-eds or poems, to even creating artwork. Um, to introduce the executive members, I, Brian, am the president. Amy is the vice president, as well as a writing editor alongside Woojun. Ji-Hoon and Andrew make up our layout team. And... Rachel and Vivian are art editors. And finally, um, Alice Lee is our public relations manager. So Humanity was created in around June of 2020 um, during the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. And as I began to learn more about the Black Lives Matter movement, I became more interested in learning and covering social or global issues. And this made me want to create a literary magazine that would cover such issues and would be focused on raising awareness about these important matters. And in a day when our world continues to globalize and industrialize, I think that many people have yet to realize the number of issues or problems that go unaddressed and neglected every day. And this can be about human rights, government corruption, or even about the environment. And yet partially, Due to censorship and biased media, I think many people lack the basic knowledge and understanding of such important matters. And I think this is a very big reason as to why many problems and issues go unaddressed for many centuries, such as racism. So in regards to our how our club is structured, our club is divided into three sectors, writing, layout, and art. And at the beginning of each issue, we have our artists and our writers jot down ideas and opinions that they want to cover through their work. And with this information, our layout team creates um, layouts about such topics. And after going through um, numerous draft cycles, the layout team then um, combines all of this work into one cohesive magazine that's able to accurately portray um, the overall issue that we're covering. And this overall procedure of publishing an issue normally takes us around four to five months. And yeah, so Humanity's ultimate goal is to reach out to people around the world and raise awareness about the important struggles and um, problems our society goes through today and hope for a change in the way people view such important matters and how people sort of view society. And so far, we've published two issues. Our first issue was about the Black Lives Matter movement. 
our second and most recent issue was about climate change. Yeah, I didn't realize that your first issue was on the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, obviously, I saw the, the second issue on climate change and knowing that a lot of what you're trying to do is, is through that social activism lens. Um, and I recently saw an Instagram post uh, that previewed your third issue on stopping Asian hate. Brian, you mentioned this in talking about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement that uh, racism is something that tends to repeat itself throughout history. Um, but specifically with stopping Asian hate, why do you feel that this is an important topic to cover? Well, as you can see from headlines, breaking news stories, and just conversations floating around recently, there's been a great spike in hate crimes against Asians in mostly Western countries, and especially the U.S., and as you mentioned, even though um, har harmful stereotypes, discrimination, violence, and racism toward Asian Americans have existed for centuries, um, this is a unique time where the public collectively pays attention to Asian hate because of such a noticeable rise. And so it's crucial for us to cover this topic in our magazine because we feel the empathy and the obligation to express our opinions as Asians ourselves, and because it's a goal of our magazine to cover some of the most pressing issues of the day. And it's also an unfortunate yet known fact that more people will likely care about this issue only when it's making big headlines and holding mainstream attention. So we just want to make sure that we can leave a message when people are actually paying attention. Amy, I think one one of the things that I'm hearing you say is that you you felt like this was a, a prime opportunity, um, that maybe for the first time in a long time, at least I would say in my lifetime, that uh, stereotypes and racism towards Asian America, Asian Americans is in the spotlight. Um, and so you wanted to, to make the most of that opportunity um, in the sense uh, to be able to shed light and talk about the history behind that. Um, and obviously there is a long history of racism and discrimination towards Asian Americans in the United States. Um, I was wondering if maybe you could share with our listeners a little bit about the timeline of the bigotry that has occurred in the U.S. towards Asian Americans. Yeah, so obviously we can't cover the full complexity and nuances of this history, but we'd like to pinpoint some key events and trends throughout like the past centuries. So essentially, Asian immigrants first came to the U.S. in the middle of the 1800s, and xenophobia would then develop as certain parties opposed this presence in American society. And so the Chinese massacre in 1871 was like a prime example of xenophobia in which innocent Chinese immigrants were attacked by a mob who um, entered Chinatown. And in following years, the U.S. government would pass the Chinese Exclusion Act in an attempt to keep out Chinese laborers, and it would actually effectively stop the immigration of Chinese immigrants into the U.S. until the act was appealed more than 60 years later in 1943. And as America got involved in World War II, um, Japanese internment camps were created to control the Japanese population of the country. These civilians did not have any traits that would cause suspicion necessarily, and they were kept in these camps solely because they were thought to be there were thought to be Japanese spies amongst them. And even after the war ended, the immigrants were never able to get back the belongings and the land that was taken from them. And so today we see 
xenophobia has been on the rise again with um, COVID-related hate crimes. Most of these attacks are completely baseless and they target harmless Asian Americans. Uh, one of the most biggest attacks was the Atlanta shooting that happened in March earlier this year and it was just a complete manifestation of unregulated hatred that many still hold for members of the AAPI community today in America. I didn't realize that the U.S. government was passing laws in 1871 um, to limit uh, Chinese immigration. I think one of the things that's, that's always interesting is we are all only learning from the people who write history. Uh, when I was in, in graduate school, um, someone that I went to school with uh, was not aware that there were Japanese internment camps during World War II. Um, part of that is because they grew up in Texas and the history books that they were provided in Texas uh, did not shed light on that information. I think it's one of the reasons why what you all are doing with Humanite is so important um, because you're, you're bringing a unique lens, um, not only as young people, but also as Asians um, to, to history, right, and to social events. Um, Rachel, you talked about this a little bit, but why do you feel uh, there has been such a significant rise um, in hate crimes towards Asian Americans over the past year? Well, I think we can all agree on the fact that um, the fact that COVID-19 originated from an Asian country is definitely what some of these um, criminals think justifies these hate crimes. But Building on top of this reason, I think there are a variety of more specific reasons why people are targeting Asians. Um, a lot of people may just feel the need to blame someone or something for this pandemic, which is a feeling that always results in scapegoating. Um, some other people who are uneducated about this uh, make ignorant decisions to just target any Asian that they see passing by because they actually don't know the truth. Um, other people might uh, be channeling the frustration that they feel from, from quarantine and social distancing restrictions onto Asians, or maybe some are just using this pandemic as an opportunity to um, express their prejudice against Asians that they have had for a long time. But regardless of the reason, all of these hate crimes are definitely not justifiable. And it's important to eliminate these before, before attacks upon Asians continue to happen regularly. Yeah, I think when you talk about addressing ignorance, uh, education is definitely the way to do it. And I think for you, um, for you all, and what you're doing with the with the magazine, you're taking on uh, different perspectives, and hopefully, the, the people that are ignorant to the Asian hate that's occurring in the U.S. will we'll read the upcoming issue. As students who are a of Asian descent and are planning to go to college in the U.S., um, describe some of your, your concerns. Yeah, so with the rise in Asian hate over the, in the States, I obviously do have greater concerns in getting discriminated against. For example, when I lived in the States for many years and toward a lot of locations across the country, Racial abuse was not too blatant for my family or any of my Asian friends. But however, even they say that there has been a rise in racism along with a more heavy atmosphere. Um, I fostered a lot of friendly interracial relationships in the past with Middle Eastern 
uh, Hispanic, European, and Asian friends. And it's really, truly heartbreaking to see such hate happening where there could have been such compassionate relationships. Jihoon, one of the things I appreciate about what you're saying um, is that you're separating your, your personal experiences of, of having positive interactions and relationships with people of different race, um, knowing that that uh, is still a possibility for you to achieve and then trying to uh, address more of the um, societal issue that's taking place right now in the U.S. I know one of the things that students ha have asked me um, and staff as well here at, at SIS is what actions can we take as individuals um, uh, to face uh, discrimination based on race? I think that these individuals should report these cases and also seek support from their um, local communities as a primary step while also trying to maintain a positive uh, mental state during such strange experiences. However, I think that's important to note that um, the problem of racism is something that requires a collective effort because um, it's really difficult for a discriminated individual to try to fight back against discriminatory actions um, if his or her voice is already being neglected. And therefore, I think it's really necessary for such individuals who um, face racism and discrimination to share their story with as many people as possible because this would enable more people to become aware of the situation and thereby such people would become more willing to defend um, their discriminated individual. And I also believe that the awareness of victims' experiences um, with racism and discrimination is really an important backbone for social movements because the more the public sees um, and hears about the severity of um, these hate crimes through um, such experiences, the more momentum uh, the social movement's able to gain, in my opinion. One of the reasons why I asked you all to, to be on the podcast today is, is because of the, the Instagram post that I saw um, in Stopping Asian Hate. Um, a lot of students that I've talked to at SIS, they haven't necessarily felt comfortable talking about race and the racism that's occurring um, towards Asian Americans and Asians in the U.S. Um, they haven't felt comfortable talking about that in any type of a, a public platform. Um, and one of the students put it to me that race is such a personal issue that they would feel comfortable talking about it with their friends or, or maybe their family, but not having um, bigger discussions. So, you know, that led me to thinking, like, what are the conversations like um, within families uh, and the student body around the racial attacks directed towards Asian Americans? Well, I do feel like it's a really sensitive topic to a lot of um, people. And I know that a lot of families are actually experiencing fear because many of them do have relatives that currently live in the U.S. And um, a lot of parents were scared for their children who would be attending college and schools in the U.S. 
uh, for me personally, my aunt lives in the U. Uh, live my aunt lives in America, and when I first heard about hate crimes, I was really concerned for her safety. It's it's just terrifying to think that it could happen to someone that we know, and even one of the attacks against um, an elderly Asian woman was very close to my old home in New York, and it made me feel a mix of both fear and anger. It's it's definitely hard to have this conversation because you would think that these kinds of attacks are terrible and not events that would happen in quote unquote like civilized society. And yet they're still happening. I appreciate you having the courage to talk about it on this podcast. And, and Rachel, thank you also for sharing some of your, your personal fears. My hope is that um, that will inspire other students to be able to talk about it as well. What can students at SIS do to combat Asian hate? Um, how can people help Asian American communities uh, to feel safe and supported right now? I think as most of SIS students are Asian, our primary goal would be to do our best defending the Asian community once we get to college. Um, While social media posting may be effective in raising some awareness, I think that our primary objective should be to directly chat with non-Asian people too, friends and family, about Asian hate and talk about how they can help the Asian American community to feel safe. Um, Especially with COVID, we need to present the obvious fact that we have nothing to do with the virus and we are worthy human beings just like anyone else. But at the same time, I do think it's crucial for us to encourage other members of the global community to actively educate themselves and stand up for what they think is doing the right thing. Whether that means um, signing petitions, supporting organizations, showing compassion for their Asian friends, or simply doing some research, as Brian mentioned, everyone should contribute to a collective effort to alleviate this issue. I appreciate the word collective effort, the term collective effort, because I, I think that you all are comfortable using your voice to address the racism that's occurring right now. At the same time, as a white male, uh, white communities have to do that as well. It has to be conversations that are are transcending uh, racial barriers within communities if it's a change that we hope to make. And speaking of that, what do you all hope to achieve um, through the issue that you're um, publicizing on Asian hate? I would say our biggest goal in publishing this issue on Asian hate is to have both our members who are working for the issue and the audience reflect on themselves in relation to this problem. Because like you mentioned, um, collective effort is definitely the biggest step here. Um, For example, for our members who are basically all Asians, we want them to ask themselves throughout the work process, How did this rise in hate crimes make us feel? How can we cope with these problems in the future? And for any of the audience who may not be Asian, we also want them to think, how could we have, um, you know, unknowingly contributed to this problem to even the slightest degree? And what is my responsibility in helping to fight these xenophobic sentiments within my community? 
And I think as students, reflecting on these possibly uncom uncomfortable yet unavoidable questions is the primary um, step for us to make actual tangible progress in combating many other social issues like this. And we hope that this issue can also shed light on the various complex perspectives that our members took regarding Asian hate. Well, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing the issue. Uh, Brian, I know that you mentioned at the beginning that it takes um, your team about four to five months um, to, to create an issue. Do you have an idea of when the, the third issue on, on Asian hate will potentially be released? We're currently setting the date around like August 16th, but none of our publication issues, like none of those dates are ever like finalized because there's always like unexpected occurrences that go on throughout the issue. So then we always have to adjust the deadlines requiring, um, regarding that. So although our goal date is August 14th, we're probably expecting it to change. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. That'll be shortly after the, the start of next school year. Um, in closing, what are some other perspective issues for Humanité, and how can our listeners stay tuned and learn more about your magazine? Um, because we normally choose the topic for our next issue after we publish the issue that we're working on, it's really difficult for us to tell what issues will come next. And it's always been a tough decision um, when choosing the following issues topics because there are so many different issues that we can cover. But um, some possible future issues that we can cover are maybe um, like humanitarian crises around the world, um, technology's impact on humanity, or maybe LGBTQ rights, um, sexual harassment, and any other urgent problems in society, really. Um, and also, you can learn more about our magazine and view some of our articles, poems, stories, and artwork um, through our Instagram page at Humanity Magazine and through our website, humanity.live. Well, thank you all for coming on. I, I will have to say that I, I looked at the second issue on climate change and was beyond impressed. Uh, visually, it's very appealing. Um, in addition to all of the content, there's a lot of phenomenal artwork in there and poetry. So it really encompasses multiple perspectives and platforms of media and art. So again, thank you. And we will look forward to seeing that third issue on Asian hate.